Joining us now is Art Boker. Art is a cybercrime expert, over 29 years' experience in law enforcement, also co-author of Investigating Internet Crimes, the first edition, an introduction to solving crimes in cyberspace. He's a lifetime member of the High Technology Crime Investigation Association, having previously served as the international executive president. He also writes a regular blog, The Three C's, Computers, Crime, and Corrections. Art Boker, cybercrime expert. More than a pleasure to have you, Art. Good afternoon and welcome. Thank you for having me today. I wish you could tell us who's hacking our ICN line, <laughs> giving us technical problems today. Uh, anyway, Art, let's talk about the uh, CENTCOM Twitter feed hacked. How big a deal or how small a deal is this? Well, uh, let me clarify first off. This wasn't a hack uh, of the U.S. military or U.S. government site. It was a hack of a third-party uh, account that is used by the military. Um, it in in kind of terms, it's it looks like cyber vandalism, and that's what it's being um, portrayed as by the uh, by the administration. Um, but it has the potential uh, to be much more significant in that it becomes a, a a vehicle where these hackers could send out uh, malware. To the followers of this this account, which which is a, which is a very large following, a lot of those are military families. Um, if they don't have proper virus protection and, and uh, their their system's not up to date, and it were to transmit a, a malware uh, successfully to these these individuals, but it wasn't a, a hack into the U.S. military or the or the government site. Um, it, it also shows that these uh, individuals with uh, with uh, an agenda um, are are developing skills and they're going after these soft targets. And, and now, and now Art, one of the things I thought about when I saw you know the threat, we know that prior to this terrorist attack in France, there was a cyber attack at Sony. Mm-hmm. There are those in the U.S. government, you know, at the federal level, that claim they are confident, you know, absolutely certain that that hacking uh, came from North Korea. And ISIS, we do know, has a lot of young people that are very social network savvy. My question are, not that you have a crystal ball or anything, but my, my question is, it, it is likely, however, it's somebody from North Korea pretending to be ISIS to screw with the United States because they feel we've screwed with their leader. That's that's a possibility. Uh, except before this the Sony attack, there was reports that uh, Islamic fundamentalist uh, terrorist groups were trying to develop these these potentials, and they actually coined the phrase this uh, cyber um, caliphate. Uh, the caliphates, yeah. Yes, and that term was actually. Um, mentioned in a report uh, back in uh, in September uh, that they were developing these these uh, this this potential. So it it is possible that it could be somebody trying to misdirect, or it could also be that these these uh, these groups are are looking to to run these attacks. And you know we've had um, these kinds of attacks before from groups coming out of the Middle East. Uh, Back in 2003 or 2013, I'm sorry, you had the Syrian Electronic Army 
doing the similar kind of thing, taking over Twitter accounts. Um, and now this new group, um, supposedly affiliated with uh, ISIS, appears to be doing the same thing. When we look at what happened with Sony, and when we look at this, can you do a little comparison and, and contrast between the two? Uh, the, the issue with Sony uh, is the, the actual company's uh, servers were attacked and gathered tons and tons of information. Um, and it looks like they were um, under attack and, and rooting around for a long period of time before uh, this actually broke. Uh, this Twitter feed, uh, or Twitter account that was taken over, looks like it was taken over relatively for a short period of time. I think they said 30 minutes that it was taken over and then it was suspended and, and, and the, uh, the authorities uh, recon, regained control of the account. So I don't think you can compare the two in that way. This is, is small potatoes compared to, compared to, to Sony attack. But again, it shows that they're going after these, they're developing skills in this area, and um, it, it's troubling. And it is troubling to many Americans, you know, who didn't understand how small potatoes the Twitter hack uh, was. However, you know, when you look at, you know, if you have people in North Korea that can do it, and if they can do this and they're, you know, trying their skills, this, this is the appetizer before the meal. This is the world we live in. And this is the world where we're going to live in even more so, uh, cyber attacks, um, which can do a heck of a lot of damage. But I know some of my friends and I were talking and some were saying, well, you know what? I, I, I'd really rather my medical information be out there than to be beheaded. So oh. is, is, are cyber attacks less violent or are they just, you know, do they, they, they just help people out there? You know, to uh, have, have two ways of coordinating and two ways of attacking or spreading fear, you know, through that screen in people's homes, offices, and on their phones. Well, I think you have the, the PR value of this. Like, look what we did. We took over this account and and uh, look what we're showing. And a lot of the, from, from what I'm reading, these postings that they, you know, say, hey, look what data we captured. That's public available stuff. They didn't break into the government's computers and and they just gleaned it from other sources and used it uh, for post to, to represent, hey, we took over the, the government's uh, the defense uh, uh, systems. Um, it, it, if they were to coordinate, like take over a Twitter account, for instance, and couple that with a real, real event, that could, that could be real trouble. Misdirecting people with uh, with uh, with an account, uh-huh. sending out misinformation. At the same time, uh, an attack was a, a real real world event attack. Um, it, it could increase the impact strips substantially, and that's the worst. You know, that's the fear that um, even without taking over um, a system that runs like a nuclear reactor or something, just being able to miscommunicate, misdirect by taking them over the lines of communication on something like a social media uh, and coupling that with a real attack, um, that, that could be a, the harm would be substantial, I think. And that's, that's a fear that a lot of cyber experts are concerned about, that they're going to couple a real-world attack with a cyber attack. Is this an example of why it's essential that we, as citizens here, or people throughout the world, 
are very careful with what we're putting out there. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think one of the things that's, that's concerning uh, in my mind is why they didn't have two-factor authentication with this account, which everybody's saying that's what you've got to do to, to, so that if somebody were to compromise your password, you know, they'd have to have another piece of information uh, to take over the account, and that doesn't appear to be what happened. And if if they aren't, con- you know, keeping the the uh, good practices on this account, that's not, you know, you know, a, um, a, a serious account or a critical account. What are they doing with those other critical accounts? You know, you, you, it, it gives you pause. It's, you know, you, this is basic stuff. I mean. There, there's a story back in 2012 where a reporter had this, a wired reporter had the same thing happen where they took over his Twitter account and erased his uh, his hard drive, and that was publicized. And and you know, here here we have an account controlled by a government agency, um, um, third party account, or maintained by a third party, and it appears they may not have been doing what they should have, so that account didn't get taken over. You know, I, I know that um, well, we have to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to ask uh, more questions. Right, guys? How, how much time do I have till break? Uh, oh, okay. I'm going to ask the question, and when, when we come back, if uh, you could answer, because I just want to be fair. There are people out there who would say, if they can do this, why can't with the genius minds that we have, with Apple and Google and, you know, you know, so many you know people that are high tech and come here from all over the world uh, to work. Why can't they sort of like in a very complicated manner star sixty nine and find out who the heck is doing it and where they are? We know why, but who are they and where does it uh, emanate from? We're going to uh, be back with our guest right after this, and if you want to join us, eight 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 six Leslie eight 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 six five three seven five four three. We're talking with Art Boker. He is a cybercrime expert, over twenty nine years experience in law enforcement. Talking about the Centcom Twitter feed hack, and uh, we're going to talk about this and uh, it, you know cybercrime and. Uh, do we need cybercrime laws? I mean, does this go beyond just vandalism? How dangerous is it? And uh, we're talking more about how we find out who did it and do we have that ability. Follow our guest on Twitter at ComputerPO. We'll be back. We're back with cybercrime expert, over 29 years experience in law enforcement, author of the book Investigating Internet Crimes, First edition, an introduction to solving crimes in cyberspace, Mr. Art uh, Boker. Um, Art, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Um, Art, uh, Art, I, I wanted to ask you and get your response to what I had asked before the break, which is if these people can do this, and th- these are not, you know, I would imagine the Harvard University, you know, graduates of, uh, you know, technology uh, with regard to uh, computers. And you know, we, we've got people out there at MIT that can probably hack into the Pentagon and probably have on a Friday night when they've had too many beers, unfortunately. So I want to know, why is it so difficult for us to trace who is doing it and, and to do that quickly? Well, let me, let me start off by giving you a little, a little background on uh, when someone logs into an account or signs into an account, the uh, Internet service provider, in this case Twitter, uh, maintains uh, a login 
uh, the IP address of the person who's logging in. Um, for the government to get that information, they're going to have to uh, follow a legal process to get the IP address of you know, where the person logged in, and uh, that information is going to be critical. Now, that seems like, okay, you've got the IP address, and you, know, you follow up and find out who was using that IP address at a particular time. That's pretty straightforward, and you track down the person. The problem is, uh, someone that has any little bit of knowledge knows that there are ways that you can uh, log into an account through an anonymizer, anonymized service, so that you, it doesn't come back to your IP address. It comes back to this other anonymous service. And that's where the trouble comes in. You can't trace back, or it's not easily traced back to that person. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the, the Tor network. The, uh, um, it, it's basically a network where you log in, and your IP address, you go into one server and it bounces you to another server. In, in, in layman's terms, it, it's, it's very difficult, but it's practically impossible to trace it back. Uh, but the more people do this, you know, they make mistakes, they maybe don't log in, use the anonymizer, they get lazy, and then they get, you know, they get caught. But one-time event, you know, they're going to trace it back, and it might be their true IP address, or it might be, you know, somewhere, you know, in a, in a country that's, that's the other thing, could be a country that's not favorable to our legal service to trace them back. Wow. Being that North Korea, like you had said that, you know, these are small potatoes in a sense, the hacking into the um, third party for the Twitter account for Comcast, for, uh, I said Comcast, uh, the, the, uh, the, Twitter, the Twitter account um, for Centcom. The, when you look at the capability of the North Korean group, allegedly, that hacked into Sony, does that make you fearful, Art? Because I know it makes many Americans fearful. I've seen people on Twitter. I know people that have called us or sent emails that the future of hacking into government computer databases where there is, and now we're not just talking about names and medical information or social security numbers. Um, well, of course, people are very fearful about bank accounts and people being able to take people's money. Uh, out, uh, which is a you know fearful part of the world that we live in now, uh, the high tech world that we live in, but more so, top security secrets and plans from the military, from the Pentagon. Well, I would imagine a lot of those systems are isolated as much as possible to to limit that. Uh, the problem that comes in is if one of them is touching the network or the internet, uh, that might. That, that could pose a, a problem for somebody to get in. But they're supposed to be isolated, not, not accessible, um, like, uh, you know, through the normal Internet uh, capability. Uh, so at least with the military. Um, the other targets, you know, depending on how they configure their systems and, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, you might have some, some data going out. I think the, probably the, the bigger concern, and, and this may come out in Sony, is if there's an insider that's that's uh, letting them letting somebody get in. Um, you know, some of the breaches that have happened have, have been insider threats, um, and uh, you know, it's it's the world we live in, um, and 
I believe uh, it's it's not inaccurate to say that I think every one of us is going to be a victim of cybercrime in one way or another during our lifetime. Uh. You know, it may be something simple like you know we got a virus and it you know we had to go get our computer you know uh, serviced uh. or you know somebody's taken some of our money. Right. Um, I've had both of those happen to me, so maybe I'm done. <laughs> I hope. I hope my cybercrime victim days are over. Uh, this uh, th- this group that appeared to be conducted by sympathizers of, of ISIS um, posted things about uh, specific threats to American soldiers, alleged contact information for military personnel, and also said things like, American soldiers, we are coming, watch your back. But they specifically talked about and posted that they had personal contact information uh, for what appears to be current and retired American military personnel messages, such as we won't stop, we know everything about you, your wives and children. Being that this is small potatoes, would you bet that those are threats for people working in this area with Twitter and YouTube uh, pretending that their fish is much bigger than the one they caught? Well, I, I think it's a lot of bravo that, uh, you know, we're, we're coming after you. And, you know, showing a picture of, of military personnel and like, hey, you know, we've got this. You know, I would, uh, you know, they have to be cautious. They have to be cognizant of the threat. But I don't think they have that capability, that information at this point. Now, there are tools that you know, readily available tools that they could farm the Twitter account and find out who the who all the followers are and develop patterns based on that information. You know, a big business is, is using that kind of information and, and the tools right. out there to, to know who their customers are. So it's it's very possible they could, you know, if they're connecting to that, they're, they're, they're identifying, okay, well, this person might be of interest and they might go after them with a, with a, a more targeted um, approach, particularly if they find a high-value target. Um, but just having the pictures up and say, hey, we're coming after you, you know, that's, um, you know, kid stuff in, 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 in some way. My concern is, and in, in this is representing that they're interested in this area, and they're going to continue to develop the skills that they need. They've identified this as a high skill to have. And I think they're going to continue to work and get that skill. And the you know the troubling thing is if these if this turns out to really be from somebody across the globe, it shows well they can you know they can sh- they can get at us in in kind of an irritating way. But what's coming next? And uh, you know this is this is a training. They're you know they're exploring, and uh, they're going to try and find a weakness. And we have to be on our guard and we have to you know make sure everybody's on the same page with you know making sure our systems are secure and keep our passwords uh, secure and change them uh, and you know if we get notified hey your account's been your password might have been compromised immediately change your password and I you know it, one of the things that I, I sh- should kind of point out is I'm I am wondering if the YouTube account which was also hacked and the Twitter account might have had the same password. Ah. You know, it makes it easier, you know, if for the person using it to, you know, just type in the same password and have the same password. But that is a problem for 
you know, security because once they get one password, they got the password to several accounts. So, you know, that that's something we've got to we've got to raise the bar of of how to be safe in the digital world. And uh, you know, um, law enforcement is is getting up to speed, but we as citizens have to be prepared to to help them by being as safe as possible with uh, you know our cyber use and know what to do if we become a victim you know who do we contact what are the steps we do to to minimize the the damage that might occur and uh, these are these are wake up calls you know the sony attack this attack on the military uh, you know uh, twitter account you know we should all be like checking make sure do i have you know the uh, the two-factor authentication on all my accounts. Am I using the same password across all my accounts? And if so, why am I doing that? You know, it might be easier, but it also makes it easier for somebody to to ravage, you know, my digital world. Most definitely. Now, let's share some tweets here. Um, Philip said, no classified uh, missions or SAPs were compromised, but does not mean if they got that close, they cannot get more. So Philip agrees with what you're saying, which is, uh, you know, th- th- this is what they're doing. They're showing they have this ability, this capability. Obviously, they're going to work to, uh, to do more. Uh, but Jim says this is not a big deal. Why do they have time for Twitter anyway? And, you know, this this is what leads me to believe that, you know, all, all, there could be, you know, copycats or ISIS wannabes or people that want to please ISIS, or they could have their own online division of ISIS, if you will. Well, the the report that I saw in in, uh, in September that I referenced, or the the newspaper news article, uh, noted that they were intent on developing that uh, cadre of, of individuals that were that could go do cyber attacks. Uh, there was a gentleman uh, that was arrested in in um, in Britain, who's who had uh, actually hacked into uh, Tony Blair's account, right, and and is named as a, as a person that. That, that's kind of in the forefront of that that use or that that uh, capability or trying to develop that capability. Um, the but, you know I I agree I don't think I mean, there's no co- classified information that's kept on Twitter. The military doesn't keep that stuff on Twitter on their Twitter feed. Um, but I, I wouldn't minimize the, the the harm that could have been inflicted if these individuals, instead of sending out these these emails uh, that clearly are you know propaganda, if they had sent out emails that maybe were important that didn't look like they were coming from IASIS, um, and they contained a link to a website that contained malware. The number of followers on the, that account, if only a small portion of them had had uh, had gone there, they could, they could have infected their their systems, you know, if they didn't have up to date. So, it's in a comparison to Sony. No, it's not Sony, but it's troubling. It's uh, you know, my my co-author uh, Todd Shipley and I mentioned in our book that you know, there's a there's an old theory about broken windows. You know, if you 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 don't do anything about the broken windows in the neighborhood that you know crime starts coming in well this is this is kind of that if you don't if you ignore this and say oh this is petty and and don't devote energy to it you're going to have bigger problems and uh, you know i i understand the fbi is looking at this and they they're, they're going to follow it up and uh, 
And if they can bring somebody to justice, they're going to. Um, this is being taken seriously by the government, but it's not a national security uh, issue that, uh, you know, in, in that regard. I want to share um, more uh, from Twitter. We have some other ones here. And um, Police State says, it does make one hope that the rest of CENTCOM is cagier about their passwords and the information officer. Uh, You had mentioned that. Stephen did uh, concur with you that CENTCOM's Twitter account does not reside on the CENTCOM servers, so it's just as vulnerable as anyone's account. And like you said, in the future, we'll probably all be victims of cybercrime. But let's take, um, because of uh, time, let's uh, take some calls. 8886-LESLIE. 888-653-7543. On line three in North Carolina, Ron joins us. Ron, good afternoon. Question or comment for our guest? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, over the past few years, uh, the Defense Department, through a process called Defense Information Assurance Assessment Program, has put a lot of effort into requiring security hardening of uh, IT systems that are uh, bought off the shelf from suppliers. And so I think they've done a, a, a good job over the past few years of tightening down on that. I think the issue is more uh, what's what's been discussed here, which is, um, you know, how people are actually accessing accounts that are, are being used to communicate with the public. Now, uh, we would hope that, that uh, uh, things like, you know, Twitter access, et cetera, not on the DOD network. I'm sure we'll be assured that's the case. I would also hope that whoever is attaching to that to do the emailing, et cetera, is also not on the DOD network. I imagine you're uh, uh, the person that you've been talking to to tell you about uh, incidents that we've had uh, in Afghanistan where someone's made the mistake of taking map information off of Google Earth and transferring that on the DOD network to find out that the USB device they did it with uh, had a uh, Russian uh, security service virus on it. So there's always an opportunity when somebody gets sloppy with their procedures in in any way, shape, or form to create a backdoor for hackers to do something like this. And I'd be interested in your comments. All right, very quickly. Yeah, I I would agree that, you know, uh, these procedures, you can't be lax. You can't let your guard down. And, um, you know, you also have the environment, at least in the, in the, the private sector, bring your own device to work where, you know, the company goes, well, it's as good for us to let the person use their own device. Well, what safeguards are that that device is up to standards of that company? And uh, if, uh, you know, this person that uh, has this uh, Twitter account, whether they had a government-issued device that they were supposed to be using or did they access it from a home device or, you know, those are questions that, you know, tie into that. And we have to make sure that, you know, things are secure that we're using, um, and if they're not, or they shouldn't be used to access an account, then, you know, they're not. And, uh, you know, we, we all get lax in society that, you know, hey, it's, I just need to do this real quick, and I don't have that device, or, you know, it's not working right, and, you know, what's the harm? Well, there is a harm, or could be a harm, and uh, we just have to be on our guard. 
All right. Thank you, Art. Thank you for being with us today and for all that information. I'm a techno moron, so it was nice that I could understand Art and learn some more. I hope all of you did. We're going to take a break. When we come back, joining us live from our nation's capital talk radio news service, Art Bowker, cybercrime expert. And all you have to do on Twitter is follow him there, at ComputerPO. He has two books, The Cybercrime Handbook for Community Corrections, Managing Risk in the 21st Century. And he also co-authored Investigating Internet Crimes, First Edition, An Introduction to Solving Crimes in Cyberspace. It can be found on Amazon.com. His blog is called The Three C's, Computers, Crime, and Corrections. We've got all the news right here. I'm going to stop you right there. I see you about to settle on a day-old donut for breakfast. Well, this is a chick intervention. Cosmic Chicken Biscuits and Chicken McGriddles are now at McDonald's. So just hit that drive through and change your life. For breakfast, you got this. Wake up breakfast. Say good morning to McChicken for breakfast. Right now at your local McDonald's, you can mix and match two Chicken McGriddles or McChicken Biscuits for just $3. Price and participation may vary at participating McDonald's for a limited time.